the Forking Wellness podcast. You are listening to Sophie Bertrand, registered nutritionist. Ooh, registered nutritionist. I know. <laughs> and I'm Barry Strickoff, registered dietitian. So I guess that's the first thing that we'll talk about. You're registered nutritionist officially. Yes, so I've gone from registered associate nutritionist to just registered nutritionist, which is nice because it's much less of a mouthful. Yeah, totally. How does it feel? Does it like, is it just like a weight lifted off your shoulder, like a tribute or a testament to your like hard work and dedication? Definitely. Um, yeah, it's it's really exciting, actually. Um, so you have to, for the first three years of being registered with the AFN, it's kind of like not a trial period, but you have to kind of prove yourself in a very specific area of nutrition. So I'm a public health nutritionist. So the last three years since I graduated, I've been building a portfolio of evidence, basically documenting every single CPD course I've done, all the work I've done, um, all my freelancing work, client work, everything like that. And yeah, it was actually a very smooth process, which was nice. And it was a very nice bit of news in this weird time. Totally. Well, I'm really happy for you. Congratulations again. And yeah, it's nice to have like a bit of like positive, uplifting news in a time where like everything is just so chaotic. Yes. And I will just shout out now to Barry, who was a huge help in helping me with my portfolio as well, getting getting my title. So anything I can do to help as always, you know, like we're always about like, just like supporting each other and just making sure that like, yeah, both of us are, you know, thriving and happy and yeah. Cool. So today we are talking about um, emotional eating, comfort eating, things like that, because both Barry and I have had a lot of messages recently, which is understandable because we're all, well, a lot of us are working from home. A lot of us are stressed or anxious or maybe sad or worried. And a lot of the time food is the way we comfort ourselves. Yeah. Um, Have you, before we get into it, like, have you found yourself relying on comfort eating more? actually I don't know if it's more than normal because like I do use food to comfort myself yeah everyone does Um, yeah sometimes maybe it is a bit more than normal actually when I think about it like um yesterday which was Easter Sunday I did eat a lot of chocolate I guess part of that was because it was Easter and in my head I was like yeah it's Easter we have to eat a lot of chocolate and then but I did have a really emotional day yesterday so I was like yeah chocolate's my comfort right now yeah I think it's interesting um that like your comfort food is 100% chocolate and because you love it and it makes you feel good and it's weird because my comfort food I feel like are just carbs like it's not even just like a specific food it's like a food group well to be honest for dinner last night I had like a really like big bowl of pasta like loaded with cheese because that is my comfort food I couldn't agree more chocolate followed (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't know, as I got older, it's, like, less about chocolate, but when I was younger and I used to emotionally, I used to be such a big stress eater when I was younger, and we can actually go through it, like, um, we talk more about, like, coping strategies and things like that when I was studying for my SATs and, like, just in high school and things, I was a big stress eater, and it was always kind of, like, snacky foods, chocolate, things like that, but now as I get older, I just, and I don't know if it's just because I'm further from home and I kind of, like, miss that, like, comfort and maybe my mom's cooking, but I actually want, like, hearty meals. 
which is so weird because that never used to be the case. But um, I think it is interesting to just like listen to what your body's craving um, because usually there's a deep rooted reason into why you're craving it. So maybe I'm just like seeking, seeking out, sorry, I just like choked on my spit, seeking (laughs) out um, like parental comfort because I feel so far away. Yeah, no, definitely. That makes sense. And I think probably you'll feel the same. We're at the point where we're really okay with comfort eating. Like, we don't feel guilty about it. We don't feel, like, annoyed the next day. It's like we use food as and when we see fit, and Mm -hmm. that's okay. It's not like we use it every single time we're upset. There's just certain situations where nothing else will do. (laughs) Exactly. And even at work, like, we have this, like, dark chocolate draw, like, in the kitchen. And, like, in the afternoon, like, I will just go there and whoever's sitting in the in the kitchen, I'll just be like, this is me stress eating. This is my coping strategy right now, because well, for whatever reason. But I think it's taken a while to come to that realization that that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, but it definitely happens all the time. And it's, you know, it's not a bad way to handle your emotions. It just makes sure it's not the only way you can exactly, handle. Exactly, because if, it's the, if it is the only way and you find yourself, you know, if you're going through a stressful period, stressful month or a few months, and that's the only kind of tool you have to rely on, of course you're not going to, like, the end result is not going to be you com- you feeling comforted. It's going to be you feeling frustrated at yourself. Yeah, exactly. So I guess we can jump right into, you know, comfort eating, why people comfort eat or anything like that. But from my experience... You know, a lot of people are not very good at identifying emotion. So I think as humans, we're not very good to say like, oh, I'm feeling X, Y, Z. I think we just feel uncomfortable and we seek ways to find comfort. Yeah, definitely. And so think... let's let's work through it. So okay. say you are feeling, I don't know, what is, is, have you got like an example that you don't mind sharing? recent times um I I can't really think recent times but I like will go back to like when I was in high school I was a big stress eater which like didn't develop into binges but they were quite similar and I think that's important for us to differentiate between like an episode of comfort eating slash maybe what might look like a typical binge and binge eating disorder because very very different um, but so I remember I was, um, playing varsity soccer, you know, cause I'm so obviously <laughs> athletic. Um, and then that was quite time consuming. So at, like school would end at like three and then I'd have practice or a game. And then I was also taking like, um, a few AP courses. So like college, re- college level classes in high school and like studying for like exams and things like that. Things are really different in America than they yeah. are here. So it was a lot of stress. And I remember like I get home at like seven and then start all my work. And I was just so anxious. I didn't know how I was going to get it done. I used to like mm-hmm. cry to my mom being like, there's not enough hours in a day. Like I put all this pressure on myself because I really wanted to like get into a good college, get a scholarship, like X, Y, Z. I was literally the same. I put so much pressure on myself. So much. And literally I look back and be like, I'm crazy because I would have ended up in the same place even if I just like <laughs> let go of some of that extra. Chill out a bit. Yeah, but I used to fill up, this is so American, a red Solo cup. Do you, do you know, like, from the movies? Yeah, yeah, like the um, party cups. Yeah, I used to fill one of those with, like, pretzels, my favorite, dark <laughs> chocolate chips, and then dried cranberries, so craisins. I know you love those as well. Love and then I'd so mix it up, like, shake it up in the cup, and then that would be, like, my study snack. But I'd go back for, like, helpings of, like... like- 
five cups. Totally. And they're big cups. And I would feel so physically sick after and then like mad that I did that or mad that, you know, I couldn't work through my stress any other way, that that was the only way that I knew how to handle it. So, yeah. So that. So what would, what would you do now? And like, what are the stages you go through when you feel like stressed or upset? Yeah. So now I think I would have, and I don't think I was able to do it then, but really identify what I was feeling. So yes, you could say that you're stressed, but what actually, I think what I was really feeling was maybe like fear that I wasn't going to do well, or maybe there was some really deep rooted anxiety of like the pressures that I put on myself. I just feel like fear is kind of like, I don't know how you describe it, but it's not like the real feeling that you're feeling. It's kind of the umbrella term. You ever see one of those like emotion wheels? No. It's like um a wheel that has like I don't know how to explain it. We could like emotions like, on it. Yeah, we could link a picture. But it has <laughs> like um all these different kind of emotions and there's some that are like in the middle, which are like not your true feelings, and then like the, it gets larger as you go out. Um it's really hard to explain. We'll definitely post a picture of it. But like actually what I think that I was feeling was maybe like panic or I was feeling worried or I was feeling dread or I was feeling, I don't know, powerless. And so I think it's really important to kind of like identify what you're actually feeling and then find appropriate strategies to cope with those emotions instead of resorting to a coping strategy that just like makes you feel numb and just masks it, but it's not actually productive. Definitely. And I think a lot of people like experience this and they think they just think, you know, I don't know how to check in with my feelings. I don't know what else I can be doing. So like, I'm just going to do it this way. Like you can definitely break, you know, break that cycle of like always going to food and like maybe having your version of a binge. There are ways of coping with it. And hopefully at the end of this episode, they'll feel more confident that there are other options. Yeah. So there's a few different strategies that like I've worked through, you know, with previous clients and things like that. So sometimes, especially when it's like a boredom reason why you're eating. So that's like another emotion. Um, so it doesn't yeah, always have do, to... let's do, let's work through the emotions. So when you're like, cause I think eating out boredom might be different to eating out of like exactly. emotional reasons. Yeah, so should we do true. emotion first and then we'll do boredom? Totally. Um, so what do you, what are some other strategies that you think? people can so use what I do with clients um at the retrition clinic is like I create something for them called a self-care toolkit and it's basically like a list of coping mechanisms designed specifically for that person because obviously not everyone enjoys doing the same things yeah and it's basically a list of things so it could be for example meditation paint your nails go for a walk read a book yes and to the forking wellness podcast <laughs> <laughs> i love that one <laughs> i just added that one in. um but it's basically like a list of ideas that you can work your way through so when you're feeling like stressed or emotional or anxious you think first of all you identify with your feelings yeah think, okay how how am i feeling or why am i feeling like this and then identify okay my body feels like it needs some comfort exactly like that list and think what best spot on that list is going to best serve me at this moment if after you've looked at that list you're still thinking actually I just want to eat a box of chocolates that is totally fine you know that's that's normal we all do it um 
but probably actually a lot of the time you're going to look at that list and think oh actually I'd really just love to soak in the bath with like some bath salt that would probably make me feel a lot better than how I'm feeling now yeah totally I really love that idea and I do something similar or I have done something similar in the past um as well and like I think if well connecting it to my current emotions I think and maybe instead of like reaching for food I should just pick up the phone and call my parents because I think Mm -hmm. what I'm actually feeling is just like stress of being so far away and not knowing when I'll get to go home and that's why I'm kind of searching for more of those like comfort hearty meals that kind of remind me of you know being home it's like that's like almost a conscious connection exactly so for me it would be you know picking up the phone and just you know facetiming or just calling my parents yeah definitely and even sometimes when you don't you think you don't feel like talking to anyone normally it really helps just to talk to someone yeah and also what I think is helpful for some people is if you know you're just like so frustrated with all the thoughts in your head yeah if you just like vomit all of that onto a piece of paper like literally write down as fast or as slowly as you need to everything is in your head like screw it up in a ball and then just throw it away yeah because it's no longer in your head it's on the paper so it's no longer your thoughts if that makes sense yeah it's almost like you're just taking them out of your head and throwing them in the bin (laughs) (laughs) just like crumbling up I just like have like a really good visual of just like the thoughts like going straight into the bin extracted from your head (laughs) yeah I love that um yeah, I think that it does come down to really just identifying the emotions that you're feeling, like we said before, and I I think that's really hard, and I actually think that's something that I've learned from just, like, years of therapy. Like, I don't think I would naturally be able to kind of, like, digest my own thoughts and really figure out the emotions. It's definitely something that you need to work on, like, for anyone listening who is in a really bad place at the moment in terms of emotional eating or comfort eating that they feel like is out of control. This isn't going to be, like, solved overnight. It's something you'll have to work on. But I think the most important thing to stress is just, like, be nice to yourself, like, Mm -hmm. be kind to yourself. And if you are consistently comfort eating in this time, stop, like, bullying yourself afterwards and just say, oh, you know, I just ate a box of chocolates or two boxes of chocolates or whatever but that's okay because I, I felt like I needed that and that's why I did it yeah I think that a really good way to work through all these thoughts is to just keep a journal um so just like writing them down because I think it's really easy to have a thought and then when you write it down your rational brain kicks in um yeah. and because sometimes these negative thoughts, like we, I think we spoke about this before, but they're in your voice. So they feel like your thoughts, but actually putting them down on paper and then responding to them as if it was like your best friend came to you for advice. Um, it's a nice way to kind of work through those emotions. Definitely. I think that's such a good idea. So definitely recommend that. Um, but what other coping strategies would you think are good or that you recommend or that you use yourself? Um, I think like having that little list is really helpful. Talking to whoever you live with, you, I, like, I know everyone doesn't have a dog, but just like <laughs> sitting down with your dog and like hugging them, they somehow manage to like take away stress and anxiety from you. And did you know that hugging someone you love can like reduce your anxiety yeah, levels it's... by like I don't want to say as high. I think it's like thirty percent. Yeah, I actually I don't know don't that it was. That, I didn't know that it was 
that high, but I actually remember there was an episode of Grey's Anatomy where um, they kind of explained that physical contact, especially for people who might have like um, certain conditions like autism and they feel quite stressed, that actually hugging someone and applying physical contact and just like squeezing someone and just applying force helps calm the parasympathetic nervous system. Yeah. Um, So I feel like it's that same concept and almost like the concept of like a weighted blanket. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, um, just interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah. hugs hugs are definitely, there's a science behind it. It's not just, like, for affection. Yeah, I'd love to get your opinion as well, Liz. I, I could just be, like, just throwing this out there. But when you're, like, using food to comfort you and almost turning it into a binge, do you think there's, like, a sense of almost punishing yourself? Yeah, I do think that a lot of people do that. I think that it's like, oh, well, I've given in already. Like, why don't I just, you know, I deserve this. And I do think it can be a a form of self-punishment or self-sabotage. And I think that comes from a lot of negative self-talk and Mm -hmm. maybe not very good views of yourself. Um, And I think that's something that, you know, we know that if you actually do have binge eating disorder, which I just want to say is so different than the occasional binge, um, it is a mental health disorder and that does require psychiatric care. Um, So if that's something that um, you're struggling with, it it goes a lot deeper than just like a simple coping strategy. That's something that you need to talk to a professional about. Definitely. Um, something I also do with clients is encourage like positive affirmations. I love that. The sticky notes on the Yeah, because it, it really does help. I know it sounds so stupid, particularly if you're not used to like this kind of, I won't say hippie stuff because it's not that hip. Yeah. But like you're just not that in touch with your body or mind. Just talking to yourself in a positive way consistently even if you don't really mean it at the beginning just keep doing it and like Barry said put sticky notes on your mirror on your bathroom wall like Mm -hmm. just anywhere around the house um just so you're looking at something more positive yeah don't they say and I mean like I feel like we are the queens of just being like I think this is right but like like, throwing out stats (laughs) because because our conversations are never like structured we don't have the time to do the research which is a good like we've always we read so much and like stuff sticks in our head yeah we just like blurt it out (laughs) exactly so this is going to be another one of those moments but it's like even if you're not smiling, but you force yourself to smile, actually, there comes a point when that smile becomes real, and then your endorphins start to kick in. So it's kind of reminds me of that same thing, like, not fake it until you make it, but like, put yourself well, in the position. Because we studied that in my psychology degree. Oh, so good. Degree. <laughs> <laughs> it's because the brain can't think, uh, can't focus on two things at once. So if you're telling yourself that like, you're beautiful, or you're happy, or you're feeling great, it's really hard. Like, there's no other part of your brain that can actually, like, override that feeling, if that makes sense. I feel like it's the same with, like, if you're about to give a presentation, like, you know, the power pose. Like, you stand in front of the mirror and, like, (laughs) you look like a superhero. (laughs) Literally. But it instills that confidence. It's almost like, fake it until you make it. So if you are feeling quite low or quite down about yourself um maybe having some like negative self-talk or body image issues definitely like the sticky notes the positive thinking the gratitudes all those things it it, it's rooted in evidence we don't have the evidence to give you right now but we do know (laughs) we've done our research (laughs) yeah don't have the exact studies to quote it but it it is a real thing 
Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you brought gratitude up as well because I there have been times in the past where I've kind of sat there feeling like ridiculously full and I'm like oh I've eaten too much again like why do I do this and then when you actually think about life like as a bigger picture you're like actually this moment's pretty insignificant do you know what I mean like you're gonna wake up the next day you get a fresh start forget about it like I'm, I'm no longer hung up on like my you know my version of a binge that I did last week yeah no totally I agree I think that just putting it again putting it into context like yesterday um after breakfast like Mark brought in like two of the lint easter eggs like the mini ones which are lint eggs an absolute dream and I I was eating it so mindfully I took so long to eat it and it was so good and then we were watching tv we were watching tv last night and he brought in one of the big like Malteser easter eggs and i was thinking to myself you know like i've already had an egg today i don't really crave it like i was quite satisfied but then it was sitting in front of me and i was just like you know what like i'm sitting on the couch with my dog with my boyfriend watching tv this is a moment that i'm going to enjoy i'm not going to even think about the fact that what i've done previously i'm just going to really enjoy and lean into the moment and like i i didn't even think about it twice until just now yeah, I love that. I um, I made myself white chocolate truffles for the second day running yesterday. Yeah. Um, and my mum kindly dropped around two boxes of Gillian's, which are like my favourite chocolates ever. And I was like, but I've made the, the truffles, so I'll have those tonight and I'll like dig into the box of Gillian's whenever. And it got to like eight o'clock at night and I was like, I already had my truffles. And I was like, whatever, I'm going to open the Gillian's. Like, <laughs> didn't want to say, like, didn't have a lot of room left in my stomach, but I was like, I just want them. So. Yeah. <laughs> And then I think it comes, it comes with practice, like it comes with practice in the sense that like listening to what your body wants and not having those negative thoughts after, because at the end of the day, like, like you said, it's so insignificant. And like, if it's going to make you happy, like who cares about the nutrition, like fuck the nutrition, sorry, but like. Yeah. It doesn't really make a significant it's not difference. It's all about nutrition, though. Totally. Like, I, al- I always argue this. Like, I genuinely feel so good and satisfied when I eat, like, 99.9% of the time I have chocolate. It makes me feel fabulous. So that is good for my health. Yeah. And I do think, like, if you are feeling distressed after maybe your, maybe your actions are coming from a different place of not trying, like we said before, maybe not trying to, like, please... Um, yourself and maybe coming from a place of like self-sabotage or you know something like negative so I do think it it takes a really long time to work through that and maybe you know find someone to help you work through it on a professional level but like being able to just like listen to your body and just being able to eat if that's what you want to do or find the comfort in food like it's so normal and it's so okay Definitely. And I think if anyone is, you know, looking for some answers right now, I would just go back to what me and Barry were saying about maybe journaling a little bit, um, writing down those other coping mechanisms. Just start somewhere, like do one small step. And like I said, you're not going to have this like down overnight, but just do small steps to kind of make sure that you're going in a direction that's making you more happy. Yeah, totally. And kind of like the dietitian in me as well is just thinking like just also make sure as much as you can and obviously it's not always the priority and obviously priorities shift constantly but like if you are having like kind of like well-balanced meals and things like that and you feel quite satisfied maybe when it is time that your emotions start to kick in 
it might not be food related if your body and your mind are already fully satisfied from whatever you've been eating for the rest of the day. So maybe if you, you might be able to help rewire that um, comfort seeking um, infrastructure in your mind if you are making sure that you prioritize, you know, your health in ways that you can. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that that's not always possible, especially, like, in these times. But, like, it, nutrition isn't everything, but, like, I'd be a silly dietitian if I didn't say, like, try and prioritize balanced meals. Yeah, and I think also there's always a fear when people want to start eating intuitively that they're just going to eat chocolate or cakes all day. And it's like, well, if you're not, if you think you're addicted to those foods and you, you find them delicious or whatever, but you're not really listening to actually what your body wants and needs, then you might end up eating chocolate all day. But I'm pretty sure if you do listen to your body and you, you know, become more in tune with it, you're going to be thinking, actually, I think I could really benefit from a bowl of like, vegetables and some grains and some protein at the moment yeah totally um and yeah even if you did listen to your body intuitively I think like you said like there's going to come a point where like it's going to make you feel sick and then you're going to no one wants to live off of sugar yeah exactly and there's times that I do and then I always have like I feel sick literally like I always thought but, you know, I could, I, I do eat chocolate probably every day, most days. Um, and I did some work at a chocolate factory last year and it involved tasting chocolate literally from nine o'clock in the morning up until like the day ended. And I got back to London at like seven o'clock and I just went straight to Planet Organic and got a green smoothie because I was like, all I have eaten all day is chocolate and I am sick of it. Like I need something fresh in my body right That's now. That's how I feel sometimes like when I come home from like holiday or vacation and all you've eaten yes. is like, I don't know. Remember, I think I saw you like right after I got back from a trip to Italy and I just felt like a giant ball of pasta. Like <laughs> I just felt like one big gnocchi. Like I was just yes. pumped full of just like pasta, red wine, pizza and cheese. And literally, oh, I don't even know what I was craving. I was just like craving like a bowl of fruit because like actually yeah. in those five days, I don't think I had any fruit because like we didn't we did an airbnb so there wasn't like complimentary whatever and like i was always just going for like the croissants at breakfast and stuff that you don't necessarily always have in your everyday life yeah like you have to get when you go to italy yeah and i came home and i was like i just want an apple (laughs) (laughs) i just remember that like feeling really vividly but it is it you know that comes again that comes with practice allowing yourself to like lean into those moments um it does take time yeah, definitely. And if anyone wants um, more info on intuitive eating, then do listen to our episode that we have on it because it was one of our most popular episodes. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully that means it's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about, I guess now, like just switching gears um, to boredom eating? Yeah. So one of the questions I got, we're going to do questions at the end, but um, how do I differentiate between hunger and boredom? So... Do you want to start or shall I start? Uh, you can go for it and I'll add in. After. Okay, so I feel like there's a few things that you should do when you're questioning whether or not you're actually hungry. And that's just kind of, again, checking in with your body and asking yourself, you know, does my tummy feel like it's hungry? You know, is it rumbling? Does it kind of feel a little bit empty? 
has it been a significant amount of time since I last ate or you know has it only been an hour Mm -hmm. um maybe you feel a little bit lightheaded um a little bit shaky a little bit irritable those those are all kind of signs that are telling you you could be hungry and it's time to eat again if you're bored um again you could be irritable um, do you ever do that thing? I've done this before in the past when you're like walking around your kitchen, yeah. opening cupboards and opening the fridge, and you know exactly what is in your cupboards and you're in the yeah. fridge. But you're like, oh, if I look again, maybe something else will like pop out of me that I didn't know was there. And I feel like you're just looking for something to catch your eye. Yes. Not and that you can almost justify just like picking up and snacking on. Yeah. So I always describe it as like mouth hunger versus like body hunger. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, go into that more so people can understand it. But, like, body hunger, like you would describe, was that physiological need to eat, where mouth hunger is just, like, you just want to eat to keep yourself occupied. So, like, you just want to do something to, like, keep your mouth moving, to keep you busy, to fill some kind of void, where, like, that body hunger is that physiological need to eat. And I think that identifying is this mouth hunger or body hunger can be just a really good way to just check in with yourself before you make any decisions and look if you want to say this is mouth hunger and I'm still gonna eat cool great that's a great way to deal with it but if you want to maybe think of other ways that you can satisfy that boredom so having like kind of like the coping strategy list but just like hobbies um or like methods of distraction or something like that like if you're not physically hungry and you're just looking for something to do sometimes you you can fill that void with food and sometimes you could fill it with something else you could read a book watch a tv show take a walk kind of like the same strategy as to deal with emotional eating but just in a different sense definitely because when I first started working from home I was kind of in London two or three days a week and then the other days I'd be working at home and I noticed that I was eating a lot more when I was working from home because I was there and food was, you know, accessible to me all the time. And when I actually questioned it, I was like, well, actually, when I'm in London all day, I don't normally eat this much because, you know, I have my certain meal times and, you know, I'm busy and I'm getting on with things. Whereas when you're at home, it's, it's not a problem now. But when I first started doing it, I was like, oh, it was so frustrating. But I actually feel like so many people can probably relate to that right now because a lot of people have shifted from maybe commuting in the office to working from home. So I think it's just a testament to maybe your previous work was a lot more structured or when you were in London, you had a lot more structure to your day. Um, yeah. And then when you're at home, obviously you can make your own structure and you're accountable to yourself yes. and sometimes you have moments of like all right what should I do now oh I'll just grab a snack before the yes. next task yeah that, that was the thing it was like I'd have work to do and I think oh before I start that I'll grab a snack <laughs> yeah and when you know sometimes that was great and sometimes it was probably really helpful to give you maybe like a little bit of an energy boost to get on with your next task like it could have been just as productive to be like oh I'm just gonna like do a five minute stretch or take a walk around the block or, you know, there's so many other things that you can do to give you that little like mind reprieve that you were kind of looking for in the snacks. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I do think a lot of people are struggling at the moment because a lot of people have kind of been furloughed as well. So they're not necessarily, they don't really have anything to do. They might have gone from being really busy, having really structured days to now being like, okay, I'm stuck at home, I can't go out, I can't really do anything. 
Um, there's only so many jobs you can do in the house, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and actually that relates to one of the questions that I got, which I'm just going to bring up. Hold on, I'm just going into my notes because I wrote it down. But someone wrote that they have no motivation um, to really do things when everyone is kind of going on about being productive. So, like, I can imagine someone being in that position where they were furloughed and they see everyone around them just, like, being so productive and using this time wisely and they're just like, I just don't want to do any of that. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. I'll kind of just sit here and, like, snack. I could feel like that's, like, a very, very positive, uh, not positive, very probable situation. Yeah, Barry and I were saying just before we jumped on to record that, well, I was saying there's, I feel like there's two different types of people at the moment. One group are just being like, you know, summer might not happen, I'm just going to eat as much as I want and, you know, I don't really have the motivation to look after myself. And then the other half are like, okay, opportunity to work on myself. Yeah. And either, either is fine. It honestly, honestly is. Please don't feel guilty if you're not you know, being super productive and making sure your house is really clean and... I do think that if you feel that way, it might be because your work was so stressful and you were so busy and so productive that now without that, you're just like, I'm going to take this opportunity to just do absolutely nothing and have no motivation. That's like, I feel like that's how I felt in the last two days because I've had off work and I've actually had no motivation to do anything but sit in front (laughs) of the couch and I have enjoyed it so much yeah we're all so different and the the reason why we're getting upset with ourselves is because we're comparing ourselves to what everyone else is doing totally so i genuinely believe that if you take that comparison out of the mix you're going to be a lot happier with the way you're spending your time totally and no one said like the way that you should be spending your time is you know being productive and doing xyz like that's not the like there's no authority figure coming out and saying like this is what you have to do this is how you quarantine (laughs) yeah so I don't I don't think it's fair to compare yourself to others and look maybe someone that you're comparing yourself to who is being really productive maybe that's their coping strategy for dealing with stress and anxiety during this time maybe they need to keep busy and that's how they're dealing with things so just make sure that like you're not comparing yourself to others and you don't know what's going on in someone else's head so if you see someone doing like a daily workout plus like they've read three books and they've like redecorated their house like they might be dealing with a lot on the inside and that's how they're manifesting it so just be mindful of that yeah definitely just quickly going back to um identifying if you're hungry or bored Mm -hmm. something I also do with clients is using the hunger scale so asking yourself from one to ten how hungry you are you know if you are really ravenous and you could eat so much right now or if you're really full and actually you can't fit that much more in your stomach there's a whole scale I've got a picture of it on my Instagram but um yeah, yeah that's that's really helpful is actually sitting down and rating how hungry you are out of 10. Yes I love that and I think that everyone should be you know implementing that because it's a great way to check in with your body um but also something that we do that I've introduced to work is something called the carrot test have you ever heard of this? No. And so basically you ask yourself, am I hungry enough to eat? Like if let's say like, oh, you're bored and you're going into the fridge and you're grabbing like the bar of chocolate, you would ask yourself like, am I hungry enough to eat a carrot? And you could exchange that carrot for something else, but it's supposed to represent something that might be a non-stress eating food. 
So that's a great way to say like, oh yeah, I am hungry enough for a carrot. Then, okay, cool. You're actually experiencing physiological hunger. But if the carrot doesn't appeal to you, then maybe you're eating more for other reasons, whether it's boredom or emotions. I think that's such a difficult one though, because I actually, I've heard someone tell me about the broccoli test once and that, that is pretty much the same. Like if yeah. you're not hungry enough. But the way they said it to me was if you're not hungry enough to eat a whole floret of broccoli, then you're not hungry enough to eat. Oh, and I was I like, don't... I just so disagree with that. Yeah, like, I don't think so. Who the hell is hungry for a broccoli from? Yeah, I disagree. And like I said, you can change that carrot for anything yeah, else. I but I think that it's supposed to represent a food that you like but a food yeah. that's also not something that you would normally snack on. So, like, yeah. for you, carrot would be, like, the worst example because you absolutely love carrots and you would eat them no <laughs> matter like, what. Always good for a raw carrot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that would be probably, like, not a very good example for you. But, like, for me, maybe I would switch it with, like, a banana where, like, I never actually... I'd, I'm really funny about bananas and I'll actually I'm only... So fu- I, we've had this conversation yeah. before. I'm so funny about bananas as well. I actually will only eat them if I'm really hungry because sometimes they could really put me off and they have to kind of be like the The right. It's just so weird. So weird. Um, But finding that food that maybe you really do like, but you wouldn't normally gravitate towards unless you were actually hungry is a great way to check in with yourself. Um, Yeah, I see what you're saying now. But yeah, it's not, will I eat a whole broccoli thing because I think if even if I was starving, I wouldn't just like opt to chomp on a broccoli, but... (laughs) I think it's just the way you frame the question to yourself. Definitely. And I, I think like, I just want to highlight as well, you don't have to be hungry to eat. Like totally. you're allowed to eat and don't feel hungry. But this, you know, we are taking questions from people who have asked us to help them differentiate between the feelings of hunger and boredom. So yeah, that's what we're doing. definitely. And like we said, like you don't only have to eat when you're hungry, but if you do want to just like, I think even just checking in with yourself and saying, hey, look, I'm stress eating right now and I'm going to do it. It's just a way to be mindful of your decisions. I think that's so helpful. Yeah. I think that really takes the pressure off of us. Totally. It makes us, you know, not, like I said, bully ourselves after we've, bully ourselves after we've done it. Yeah, because then you can be like, okay, I was bored, I was stressed, this helped me, and now I can move on. Yeah, exactly. So even if you don't, even if you choose to, whatever actions that you choose, it's just bringing that self-awareness into the moment, into the situation, just acknowledging your current feelings. Mm-hmm. And that over time is so helpful in so many other areas of your life as well, not just like in related to food, but being able to like check in with your emotions and deal with them appropriately is such a great skill. Oh my God, I think it's such a powerful thing. And only in the last probably few years, to be honest, have I really, I feel like I've mastered it. Yeah. I think it, yeah, I agree. I think it's always, like, a work in progress kind of thing, but, like... Yeah, I, oh, God, yeah, I'm not a genius at it, but I feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah, you feel confident. I feel comfortable with where I'm at in terms of how connected I feel totally. to myself. Totally, and I think it's it's just something that can only really enhance your, like, experiences and things. Yeah, definitely. All right, should we get into some of the other questions? I was about to suggest the same thing. Look at us. I know, so in sync. So insane. Okay, so someone wrote to me, I had a few questions about exercise, which I just find so ironic, because I've definitely spoken on this podcast before that I really struggle with like exercise routine. And last week, Sophie and I did get up for a 7am workout. It hasn't happened since, but we did do it. We did do it. But actually, I did find that whole week I was much more likely to exercise than I normally was. And I can't really say that it was just like, 
that initial exercise that we did that set me up for a good week or just the fact that I don't have a two hour commute and that I have the time to yeah, do it. It might have been deep. Like broke the then you were like okay I know I can do this I've done it once I'll do it like I'll do it again yeah totally and yeah so I find it ironic that people are coming to me seeking the um <laughs> exercise advice <laughs> um but if you are looking for a routine I think actually just like that accountability so just like having someone maybe a friend or a family member that you're doing it with like when Sophie and I did it together I was so much more accountable and I was really looking forward to it and it just like keeps you more motivated to do it if you know someone else is going to do it with you so um I definitely think that and then also only do exercises that you enjoy yeah I was gonna say that honestly what motivates me is the way it makes me feel yeah like that's genuinely my probably my sole motivation like I just I have a very specific type of exercise that I tend to stick to as well which is like low impact yeah. um kind of Pilates style um yeah just low impact exercise basically and um it just it's I really do feel like that's the type of exercise my body needs and benefits from um I'm not gonna go on a run I really don't enjoy hip workouts um I prefer to use my own body weight than lifting weights. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's what I do and it makes me feel good. So that's why I continue to do it most days because I'm like, yeah, this is like my me time that makes my mind and body feel great. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think also maybe just like scheduling it in if you're if you really like it so like I'm guilty for this like I love the feeling of exercise and I love doing it but sometimes it's just getting me to actually do it is the issue so sometimes if you schedule it into your day just be like I'm going to take um you know it doesn't have to be long you could do like 15 minutes um oh, yeah I'm talking like 15 20 minutes most of the time exactly so if you have like two tasks during your day instead of like what we said before, like, oh, I'm just going to have a snack and then I'll get on with my next task. It could just be like, oh, I'm going to do 10 minutes of, you know, body weight exercise and then I'll get on with my next task. So just like schedule it in. You don't have to devote like an hour. You can do 15 minutes. You can do 10 minutes. You can do five minutes. Like it, there's so much you can do, but just opening your mind to those possibilities instead of pigeoning whole yourself into like the idea of what a conventional workout looks like. Yeah, so I, I do, wait, every day I wake up, I think, okay, what time am I going to exercise today? And I, I usually do schedule it in, which is helpful, because then I know in my head, right, like, four o'clock, I'm going to exercise. Yeah, and just make your environment really conducive as well. So I feel like if my living room is really messy, then, like, I'm less likely to get out my yoga mat, because it just, yeah. like, already looks messy. I don't yeah, know if that's just, true. like, something in my head, but, like, if my living room is, like, nice and clean then, like, I just feel like you set your environment up for success. Yeah, definitely. So find an exercise you enjoy, schedule it in, grab a body, and yeah. have a clear space. Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. What other questions did you get? Um, so I feel like some of these we might have covered. So tips to cope with emotions such as stress, anxiety, fear, and sadness without using food. Hopefully... We've, we covered that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, how do I, this is a bit of a difficult one. How do I deal with my eating disorder in this time? Interesting. Um, I just want to say, like, I would just seek the professional that you were previously seeing or um, find 
a professional that can really help you during this time. So obviously Sophie and I can't give specific advice over a podcast and we really don't know what that looks like for you. Like there's, there's so many different types of eating disorders. Um, so actually it's quite irresponsible for us to give like a blanket statement, but I would just say like, find, um, a psychologist, find a nutritionist or dietitian who specializes in that area and get a team together. Um, or advice from those professionals that you've seen in the past? Yeah, so I know that um, Beat, the website, um, has quite a helpful page for those suffering with an eating disorder in the time of coronavirus, Mm -hmm. um, because obviously it brings up more feelings of stress and anxiety and out of control. So, I mean, you could almost work on those feelings, those feelings that are coming up, like stress, anxiety, um, anxiousness, kind of trying to reduce those feelings you know, maybe meditating, doing some breath work, journaling, positive affirmations. If you can bring down those kind of anxious thoughts, then it might be a little bit easier to work on recovering from an eating disorder at the same time. But like Barry said, it's literally just so difficult for us to give personalised advice. But do seek help. Like I said, we'll, we'll link to the Beat website. There are resources out there um, that can help you out. Yeah, and something that is, this is kind of like something I learned in my NLP training at work is something that you can think of is, um, it was this really lovely image that was provided to us of like a ladder and like the ladder is representative of a journey. Um, and I really have to shout out the dietitian who specializes in our training at work, Anna. I don't know if she's listening, but like she's incredible. Um, and you kind of think of the ladder and you kind of think of where you started and where you want to go and where you are in that journey. And even though you might only be like two pillar things like above where you are, what resources did you access or strategies did you access to get you from point A to B and how can you implement them now to get you from B to C, if that makes sense. So just, just refer back to what things have helped you in the past and think, did I lose touch with those? Can I re-implement them? Or how does that look different now? And just think about what's helped you before. Yeah, definitely. Um, Cool. So hopefully that helps a little bit. Um, Another question I got was what are some good snack ideas? Yeah, I got that one as well. Um, What have you been snacking on? Um, Falafels. Yeah. I normally have like a pack of falafels in my fridge and they are purely for snacking. I don't actually eat them at my main meals. Um, I've been making energy balls. I love like crisps and hummus. I yeah. love dip, dipping crisps and hummus. Um, also Same. like making a batch of like sweet potatoes and dipping those in hummus is really yummy. Yeah. Um, um, it could also be like a chocolate bar or I don't know, a naked bar. It really depends on like, how I feel. Yeah. Something that I always snack on, which is so weird, I think, is olives. Is that weird? It- so weird I actually hate olives it's probably not weird it's just weird because I hate olives I absolutely love olives I'm I don't know I find them really satisfying because they're like salty and you know such a salty like such a salty person yeah um not personality wise but like just (laughs) taste buds taste buds only um I really just like crackers and hummus um Mm. things like that cheese obviously fruit nuts um these as a snack same I actually for me like a lot of people would be like oh you can cook a snack and things like that I don't want anything that requires effort when I'm like hungry and like I just want something like really grab and go and easy and like just sometimes like an apple and like a baby bell cheese is like really 
satisfying yes, to me. I love apple and cheese together. Or like apple and nut butter. Totally. Um, I also think like granola and yogurt can yeah. be quite a good snack. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yogurt's a really good one. Um, granola, or just like throw some chia seeds or flaxseed in it, or some nuts, or nut butter mixed with yogurt is delicious. Um, it really is. What else? Um, hard boiled eggs for me are always like a good snack. Um, mm-hmm. but I know not everyone likes those. Um, Sometimes just like a piece of toast with some peanut butter on is totally. good. Or just like leftovers. Sometimes I'll just, yeah, like... This, this is the thing, like, this is what I mean, like, I don't know if anyone would have thought to have, like, falafels as a snack. Yeah. Just, like, you know... It doesn't have to be bit. typical snack food, it could exactly. just be whatever you have, so, like, if you have leftovers that maybe you only have a small portion of leftovers, it's not enough for a meal, cool, perfect snack. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think we went through lots of ideas there. Yeah, totally. Um, what else? I had, like... Lack of mot- Oh, yeah, so someone said that we talked about this, like, lack of motivation when everyone else is being productive, so just remember not to compare yourself and do what's right for you, um, and then isolation recipes, so I think that's more or less, like, pantry staples, which yeah. we do have a whole episode on being savvy in the kitchen, which we talk a lot about pantry staples, freezer yeah. foods, and that things like that. That would probably be such a helpful episode right now, actually. Yeah, so I definitely recommend going back and listening to that, but um, I didn't really stock up on canned essentials. We, we haven't stocked up either, because I was just trying to make such a point of the fact that I'm not going to be one of those people who goes to the supermarket and, like, stockpiles, because it was just effing me off so much. Same. Um, so at the moment, I'm actually eating quite random food that I might not necessarily have put in my basket before but like Same. I've got some funky like pastas in my cupboard Same. <laughs> Same. Same. Um, yeah so just and we were talking about this before because I literally what I thought was a really random throw together meal with the food mm-hmm. that I had available ended up being like a very delicious and like all the foods kind of blended together bowl but, like, yeah. when looking at my ingredients that I had available, I was like, I don't know what the hell this meal is going to taste like. But actually, it turned out so well. So just, like, almost using it as, like, a challenge. Like, what foods can you create with the recipes that you have? And there's actually a website um, we can link in the show notes as well that if you type in all your ingredients, it'll give you recipe suggestions. I know that oh, I um, sent it to some people I work with. Um at my job and they found it really helpful so sometimes if you have like I don't know a random like tin of tomatoes like a zucchini or a courgette and like a chicken breast like what can you throw together so yeah oh I love the idea of that website definitely we'll put that in the show notes because I want to check that out as well yeah it's good it's good <laughs> um did you have any other questions that you feel um, we didn't No, I think we've literally answered everything that people sent in yeah, agreed. I think we got a lot of variations of the same kind of question. Um, yeah. I do feel like a lot of our content at the moment is super isolation corona related, which is hopefully super helpful. But if you yeah. guys want a break from all this information and kind of like a different episode, like let us know because we're, we're just going based off of what you guys are asking. And at the moment, it is very like relatable things to this time. Yeah, and I think also we're not kind of massively focusing on corona. We're not, like, talking about it loads. We're not, like, putting it down. Like, we're just making the best out of a bad situation. Totally. Which is what I feel like is what people need right now. I couldn't agree more, and that's why I'm really happy to do this. But also just, like, keep letting us know because I always say, like, 
this show. We can talk about something so random next week if you want something completely off topic. (laughs) Totally. And even if it's not wellness related and you want us to do like a whole deep dive into like, I don't know, the Tiger King, not that we're actually going to do that, but like if that's the kind of content that you guys want, then like that's the kind of content that me and Sophie are going to provide. So just like remember that like at the end of the day, like we just want to provide what the Forking Wellness community wants and we won't know what that is unless you guys tell us. Definitely. Okay, perfect. Well, I am going to go out for my one hour or one daily exercise a day for a dog walk. Um, And yeah, we'll catch up with you guys next week. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great one. Bye. Bye.